0: If you grew up abused and emotionally neglected and afraid to stand up for yourself or or you were never shown how to stand up, you may have learned to ignore and override clear information that someone is mistreating you. Do you do that? You're angry at someone because they've been cold and cruel and you try to set a boundary or you pull away, but in less than an hour, this other part of you, this, this living abandonment wound monster kicks in and starts making you think that it's you who's the bad one, that you're just expecting too much, or you're being too unforgiving, or you're just making trouble where there isn't any trouble. Why are you doing this again? Have you had this happen? This trick of your mind that it plays on you to drag you back into a bad relationship because when it comes right down to it, you can't bear the feeling of separation. And with this abandonment wound of childhood PTSD, you'll basically do anything to keep the relationship going, including shutting your perception down. That reaction to abandonment is an illusion. And I want to show you how you stand up to that feeling and use your good judgment, even when you're scared, even when you doubt yourself, to stop letting hurtful people back into your life. All right. My letter today is from a woman I'll call Allison. And she writes, Dear Anna, thank you so much for enlightening me about the problems I've been having. I'm writing to you because I would like to hear your advice about my troubled life. I'm a 38-year-old woman, a single mother to a wonderful little boy of seven years old. Okay. I've got the pencil here. I'm circling things I want to come back to. Single 38. Okay. I'm going to read all the way through Allison's letter so we can get a feel for what's going on. Then I'll go through and respond to the things that I circled. All right. She says, I was emotionally neglected as a child. I never got to know my parents in the 17 years I lived with them, and they for sure have never been interested in who I was. There it is. And they still are not. My father also used to beat me, something I always add as a detail, because the emotional neglect was definitely worse. I've not seen any family members for well over 10 years, and they have never met my son. I exchanged short politeness with my mother through Facebook Messenger a few times a year. Oh, goodness. Only recently did I discover that I have, in fact, CPTSD. And this opened my eyes to how and why I keep choosing the wrong men and keep sabotaging myself when I try to develop my potential. I very recently broke up with a man, and even though logically I know I did the right thing, there's always a doubt inside of me, mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about, that I'm in fact the problem here. I have a trail of broken relationships behind me. None of them were really good. I keep telling and retelling those stories to myself and to my friends, but somehow these stories never really make total sense. I can never totally understand why things went the way they went. The man I recently broke up with, I'll call him Thomas. I've been dating him for around seven months. He did seem really into me, and for the longest time I had a high impression of him, despite some of the red flags that were there from the beginning. Sometimes I felt that he was talking down to me, and I told him explicitly many times that I didn't like the way he talked to me. Once we were in a restaurant and I was telling a story from my life that was really important to me and I was very engaged in my story and he leaned into me and he said that I was talking too loud and he asked me to quiet down. It was not so much his message but more the way he said it that made me freeze completely. I just stared at him with my fork and knife in my hands and could not speak or move for many minutes. He said I was being childish and went to pick up more food from the buffet. While he was gone, I looked at my keys and my wallet and felt like getting out of there, but I decided not to because it's just not a very mature thing to do. So I kept sitting there paralyzed. When he came back, he kept talking to me, and when he realized I wasn't going to move or say anything, he just paid the bill and left, left me sitting there. After a while, I stood up and left as well i could not eat anything anyway i have to stress that i did not stop talking or moving to ignore him i was looking in his eyes all throughout but i simply couldn't move or talk Mm -hmm. it was an involuntary reaction uh uh uh-huh i i looked up i looked it up online and learned that this is indeed a classical trauma reaction Uh uh-huh the freeze response After that, I did not hear from him for two weeks. I was appalled by that, but after two weeks, I contacted him to try and sort out what had happened. He told me that he didn't understand my reaction and just decided to leave to get out of the situation. To me, it was the weirdest thing that he would just leave me there. Long story short, we did continue dating after that, and I got involved with his children. He has six children from four mothers— Big red flag to begin with, I know. I just listened to his story about it and decided not to judge him. But a similar thing happened many times. I would get triggered by things he said or did or things he didn't say or do and he would not understand my reaction. I broke up with him a few times, something I've never done in previous relationships, where I was always the one being dumped in the past, but at the time it always seemed like the only thing left to do since he could not understand me or be there for me, and he didn't leave. And I got scared of his behavior. We did, however, always find each other again. His life is very stressful with a well-paying career as a sales director in a company selling technology, and with the three youngest children being at his place often. The other three children are adults. It seems like he was always rushing, busy, a bit superficial maybe, and never really there for me in the way that I expect a partner to be. When his six-year-old daughter got removed from her mother because she was being subjected to physical violence at her house, the daughter moved in with him full time. Since she goes to school that is just around the corner from my place, uh, I offered my help to pick her up after school because the school closes before the workday ends. After a while, I started feeling used, as if I was just a practical nanny. I asked him if we were a couple, and after a while, he did say he wanted to be with me, but somehow the balance was all gone, and I felt I was helping him when he wasn't really there for me. I told him this. I literally said, I want to help you, and I want you to know that I'm here for you. And when the father of my own child dragged me to court, however, I cried for a whole day and I told my boyfriend I felt so alone and his answer was, we are all alone. I really didn't like that because I, due to my childhood trauma, have always felt alone and so badly want a man that can be there for me. Things built up and did not get much better, even though he made an effort, but he just could not understand me and my pain. We had many talks about it, and I finally told him I have CPTSD. He said that he now realized that he could not expect a normal pattern of reactions from me. And he said it didn't matter, and he liked me regardless. It was an eye-opener for both of us. He learned that there's a reason behind my overly emotional reactions, or me freezing. And I learned that my reactions were not normal, something I had never considered before. I actually considered them normal and had the idea that people suffer inside the way I do. It suddenly dawned on me that that was probably not the case. He also said that he feels I have an armor around me and always seem to suspect the worst from him, and that if I could just trust that he did not have any intention to harm me, maybe I would not interpret events in the way I do. I really considered this and learned an awful lot from that. All my friends totally understand me and support me, but I realized that they are all traumatized in more or less the same way that I am, and none of them have well-functioning lives. Thomas has a very well-ordered and well-functioning life, so I figured that maybe it was very healthy for me to get so close to someone that's more normal. So this letter is longer than usual for the ones I accept on here, but there's just like what ends up happening here is so powerful. I really wanted to share the whole thing with you. So I kept being triggered, and I sometimes suspected he was gaslighting me. He would change stories and deny that he ever said something that he absolutely said. And because he was always in a rush, he often forgot to hug or kiss me, something that I simply could not understand, and that hurt me immensely. I even made an agreement with him that he had to hug and kiss me every time we meet, and he said yes to this. Regardless, he would still forget or be kind of weird about it. When I broke up with him again a few days ago, it was after a day we spent together at his house with our four children, my son and his three youngest from three different mothers. It was an awful day. He was not very nice to my son. He told him, I know that you're used to always getting what you want, but that doesn't work here. I got really upset about that because it simply isn't true. I told him sternly that I didn't like him talking to my son like that. First, he denied that he had said that, gaslighting again. But when I repeated verbatim what he had just told my son, he said, I don't want to be accountable for that. If you don't like it, you are free to go. While sitting at the table for dinner together, my child was being his merry, entertaining self. And Thomas, the boyfriend, started shouting at him to shut up. I should probably have said something, but I just froze internally, quietly talking to my son, who was sitting next to me, and just let the whole thing unfold. The atmosphere was strange. I felt that we were all a bit scared of him, suppressed by his demand for quietness and order. It felt like sitting at the table with my father. There it is, in all honesty. The only one who was not affected by this was my son, because I've raised him very consciously. He knows he is loved and he can be exactly who he is and express himself. In fact, when Thomas shouted at him to be quiet already, my son just looked at him with the most surprised look. Nobody had ever demanded of him to be quiet in that way. He just shrugged it off and kept being the happy, lively child that he is. There was nothing abnormal in his behavior, by the way. What is he? He's six. Okay. I quietly observed... Thomas, the boyfriend, all day, and by the end of the day, I was so appalled by his words, quietly observed, interesting, so appalled by his words and behavior and by the general atmosphere in the house that I just made a decision to end it for good. I saw some of the clothes that I had given him for his daughter, expensive organic clothes, which I had said that I would like some money for since he is a well-off man and I'm a single mother and a student and have no money whatsoever. He never did pay for it, So I took the clothes while nobody saw it and said my farewells and walked out with my son. Uh, Thomas, the boyfriend, did not seem to have any clue about how I felt when I hugged him goodbye and gave him a kiss on his cheek. He thanked me for the day and said it would be nice to see us again soon. My son refused to say goodbye even though i asked him but i did not force him i wanted him to say goodbye because i knew we were likely leaving never to return thomas came out the door and said in a loud and angry voice to my son so you didn't even want to say goodbye then he locked the door i left in the dark with my son and with the clothes i had taken back i asked my son how he was feeling and he said that thomas had not been nice to him at all my frozen state slowly thawed and i quickly realized that it was totally understandable that my son would not want to say goodbye to a man that had treated him so badly all day. I, on the other hand, had hugged him and even kissed him while knowing I was going to send him a breakup message later in the evening. I can see that this is weird. I think I was just keeping my calm to build up the security inside that there was no other possibility than simply getting this man out of my life. When we came home that evening, I thought long and hard for the next hours. I I didn't want to hear from him, which again is strange. He did not seem to have any sensitivity about how I feel. That's a theme here. He simply doesn't notice when I freeze and mentally move away from him. Later that evening, I wrote a very short message saying that it was finally over, and I blocked him on all possible contact contact channels. I didn't want to use more time and more words on it. There seemed to be nothing left to discuss. I feel that I definitely did the right thing, but because of the way I'm wired, I keep reliving all the moments and all the things that happened that day that made me make such a bold decision. More things that happened. Uh, There were more that I didn't even mention. I seem to always be in doubt about what my role is, even though my gut intuition has been off about this guy more or less since the beginning. There were many good things as well. I did actually like him and was attracted to him, and he's intelligent, handsome, and hardworking. And as described before, I did learn a lot about myself and my trauma reactions. She said, Anna, can you please tell me what you read between the lines that possibly escapes me? I trust my son's judgment and, of course, don't want him to have anything to do with a man that treats my son poorly. I would like to stress that this has not happened before. Somehow when I felt treated badly, I was able to forgive and move on. But when it was directed at my child, the lioness inside me simply stood up and said enough. I know my story has holes in it. Maybe it doesn't seem coherent, but this is what happened. And I'm trying to make sense of it myself. Thank you. All right, Allison. this is a profound letter. And I do have some thoughts. And first of all, Good job, good job. You had a relationship for seven months. You showed up for it. You did your best and you exited. And I know how hard it is to hold your ground when you're going through the end of a relationship and the grief. And how nice it would have been to have a guy to hang out with and you know that comfort and that hope for the future that's i think that's a lot of times what is hardest about a breakup with somebody who really wasn't that great it's just that the the hope that you had of a wonderful future is now gone it was never going to be a wonderful future but the hope of it is gone and that's what you're sort of grieving so i i circled a lot of stuff here um that your kid is six years old and your parents were terrible, and they weren't interested in who you were, very telltale that you got into a relationship with somebody who also didn't care who you were. Your father used to beat you, and and you say the emotional neglect was worse, but either way, that imprint of the abusive father figure, and I sure see that echoing with this guy, um, even though he never hit you, but a lot of the stuff you say, it's very baffling. I have a theory, I have a theory that doesn't really make it better or anything, but. It's a very interesting dynamic, the way he has no clue that he's just been terrible. And I think a lot of the people commenting on this may have insight if they've encountered similar people. So I'll get to that, but let's just see what you said here. So there's always a doubt inside me that I'm in fact the problem. Uh huh. Well, that's just sane, right? We should all ask that of ourselves. If I'm in a conflict with somebody I really like, could it be me? That's a sane thing to ask yourself. But as you think about it, after seven months, there've been red flags the whole time. And he talked down to you, which is like your abusive father, it sounds like. And you told him explicitly many times you didn't like the way he talked to me. So there's something that I can offer to you that you know like when there's like a little thing that is our part in something there's that's gold because that's the part we can change if you have to tell somebody many times explicitly that you don't like how they talk to you that's kind of the reality you don't like how they talk to you if they do it once maybe it's a mistake if they do it twice uh oh if it's three times it's it's how it is (laughs) it's how it is and i'm so proud of you for making that decision i know like when you see somebody do it to your kid It can help you do something that you don't have the healing yet to do for yourself, but you recognize in the child, like, that's not okay. But the way it's not good for your kid is exactly how it's not good for you. So this thing about the restaurant where you were talking and he said you were being too loud. All right, so I'm sometimes the loud person. And I'll be honest, sometimes like... (laughs) Sometimes I'm with somebody and they're talking loud and it does bother me a little bit. And I, can, I, I can't really remember, but I'm sure a couple times, like with a kid or maybe like my husband, when he wears earphones or something, um, you know, will suddenly talk so loud and I'll be like, honey, you're talking too loud. And there's no way to tell somebody that without hurting their feelings. So at first when I was reading that, I'm like, well, you know, maybe he didn't do anything wrong. But then what happened is you had a freeze response. So first of all, if you have a freeze response yes our cptsd symptoms sometimes come out of nowhere and they're not really founded in reality but i just think the number of times you've frozen up under the similar dynamic that you get this freeze response which is really normal for a kid who's been beaten and emotionally neglected that you get this freeze response like that's something for you to listen to your freeze freeze response is information and it doesn't sound like an you know, I wasn't there, but now when I see the pattern, I believe you. I don't think there's some mitigating thing here. I believe you. He's just weird, and then he doesn't realize that you're paralyzed, and then he just leaves without talking about it. All right, I'll tip my hand. This is this is something I wonder. Now you said he's like a sales director, and salespeople usually have people skills. This guy has no people skills. He's 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 not able to read. What's going on? He can't tell when you're very upset. He had no idea. You were like, that's it. I'm leaving the relationship. Like that is not normal. Um, or let's just put it this way. It's not neurotypical. And that's what I suspect. It doesn't excuse it. And, you know, there's a lot of like neurotypical or people on the autism spectrum who, who are total important members of this community. And they don't use it as an excuse to be abusive. Um, I don't think this guy can read people though. And that's weird that he has a sales job so that's why i'm not very positive about my suspicion there but there's so many things here where what he does and i really don't want you to hear this is like oh he's autistic that's probably what it is i should just be nice to him about it no because he's a jerk you know that just being autistic doesn't make people a jerk it can make it harder to un, to interpret other people's feelings they can be you know, just kind of like not reading that. And so they they work on emotional intelligence to see the signs and respond. So you had did notice these, I mean, this thing where he has six kids from four different women, like that could happen to perfectly nice people, but it's definitely like in conjunction with everything else, there's just a lot of like not committing to people. (laughs) And um, to put all your eggs in that basket with somebody who would have kids with people and not be with them, Something's up. And in any way, it gives you the freeze response. How are you going to have a great life if you're freezing all the time? He told you that he didn't understand your reaction. That's where I was like, is he on the spectrum? Like, how do you not understand that reaction that you say something really rude to somebody and they just get frozen um, that he constantly doesn't understand or read? So then, and then you just decided to leave and get out of the situation. Oh, oh, no, this was it. You were appalled by what he did. He didn't call you for two weeks after that. So this is where, okay, that's where your abandonment wound kicked in. And you, you contacted him to try to sort out what had happened. And I totally understand you're wanting to know. And as a, as a person who grew up abused and neglected, I understand your confusion and maybe asking yourself, did I do it? And who else would know but him? Like you have to ask him. But this is kind of where this is kind of where your side of the story turns into self-sabotage. That when somebody treats you like this, you stay away. You don't call them up and go, can you, you know, tell me what happened? And I've been there and I've been there and I've been there. And I'm so proud of you because you've just changed your pattern. But so then you kept, you kept dating and then you got involved with his kids and you were helping him and you said, I'm here for you. And, you know, sometimes I think we say that sort of thing manipulatively, like, come on, now be here for me. But I, I, I I sort of think like if you were dating for seven months and you guys both have kids helping each other is sort of natural and not necessarily manipulative. But the part where you had a blind spot is that he never did stuff like that for you. I, you know, maybe he paid for meals or something, but that's not a very good dynamic that's why you felt like a nanny <laughs> he pays for things you do work for him uh, it's a little weird his life is very stressful okay and one of the kids came to live with him and when you said i feel so alone when you got dragged to court by your kid's dad that's really stressful and like seven months in a relationship it, you're not like I'd say it is an ambiguous situation how much they should be there as your support person for such a case, but that he basically gave you nothing. He was just cold, and you said, I feel so alone, which is honest expression. And he's like, we are all alone, (laughs) like a robot. That's another thing. When I was like, something's not right with this guy. Something, he cannot tell when something is heavy and hard. And, And then that's very selfish, ultimately. Being with a selfish person is not very good. So of course you say, I want somebody who can be there for you. You bet you do. You're a mom. And if you're going to be with somebody, they're going to need to be on board with that. We are here for each other. We help each other. We build each other up. Also the child. And um, yeah, he couldn't understand. But then you told him it's CPTSD. And he was like, oh, I see. You're not normal. Well, maybe so. I mean, CPTSD does make us a little different than the average person. But from what you describe, you wouldn't even have to have CPTSD to be sensitive to the way he was treating you. What the CPTSD made you do is be with somebody like that in the first place and keep going back to him after the red flags, after the mistreatment. So I think you know that. (laughs) But you feeling uncomfortable, you walking out of situations, you feeling frozen at really hurtful behavior, I, I don't think you have to have trauma to feel that way about it. So then um, he w- was rushing around and he'd forget to hug or kiss. That also sounds a little bit autistic to me. He couldn't understand that, how much that hurt you. So then you tried this strategy. You, you made an agreement that he had to hug and kiss you every time you meet. Good try. Fair enough. Didn't work. And, and then he would forget. So it doesn't do any good. It's not about like, I don't know. You communicated your needs. You did do. You did your job, right? So then um, you broke up with him again. Now when you break up with somebody and keep getting back together with them. I would normally call that emotional abuse. And you're sort of putting yourself through it. This guy, he seems like he just doesn't even feel it or care. He's just sort of like, oh, if you're there, you're there. If you're not, whatever. I won't speak for him, but it's not ideal to break up, get back together, break up and get back together. That's thats a trauma behavior that does hurt other people normally. Okay. So then he yelled at your kid and yay, your heart awakened because you're able to recognize your child in a way that you can't recognize yourself, that nobody should be yelling at you and being abusive to you. And you felt like you were sitting at the table, you were intimidated, and he's like, you tried to speak up and said, don't talk to my kid that way, which anybody gets to say. And um, he said, I don't want to be accountable for that. If you don't like it, you're free to go. That language of being accountable and you are free to go. Um, Yuck. I quietly observed... So this was, I loved how you quietly observed him. Like you started to realize this is not going to work, but you sat through the dinner and you just quietly observed him, which for those of us with trauma, like if we could do that more of the time, we could do what you did is get insight where previously we would just sort of go into distress and dysregulation and fear of abandonment. So you did a really good job there. And then the stealing of the clothes back. I just love that. The first time I read this through, I was like, "Hmm, I don't know, a little bit dodgy. But then I read it. This is like the fourth time I read this letter. Like I had to think about this a lot. And every time I sort of catch more details about it. And now I'm just like, you take those freaking clothes. They're yours. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So you took the clothes. You said goodbye. Um, he hugged you, he kissed you, he's like, okay, nice evening, see you again soon. How weird. Your son didn't say goodbye and got yelled at for it and you defended him and that's really good. And um, I hope you can honor your son um, because I expect you probably have made a promise to him that he's not gonna have to deal with that anymore. And I don't think you're gonna be alone forever, Allison. You know, but sometimes it's helpful to make friends with that idea to just go, it's okay. If I never have a relationship again, I am not going to let an abusive, uncaring person who makes me freeze up with trauma wounds back into my life and my kid's life ever again. And just go ahead and have that. What I suspect is that you're trying to handle all of this alone. I'm so glad you wrote and I'm going to, you know, I'm reading this here and you're going to get a lot of support from people here. Um, who are going to send you love. And I want you to consider surrounding yourself with people who can give you that love and support and who understand what it is to leave an abusive relationship and to take a pause and to, to, you know, reset your trauma wound so that you can start to be capable of recognizing what is good and what is not good and acting accordingly and not getting like dragged into these situations by the trauma wound. I know what that's like. I'm thinking of like a bull with a ring in its nose. It's like, oh, here I go again. Here I go again. I can't, I just can't stay out of it. It's a misery. It's slavery. We're not doing it anymore. We're free now. You're out. I'm so proud of you and happy for you. You know, I'm always telling people, check out a 12-step program. You're a single mom. You don't have a ton of money or any whatsoever. As you said, (laughs) I've been there. I was there nine years. 12-step programs are free. You can put a dollar or two in the basket if you want. You don't have to. And... People are there every week um, and you can pick out several meetings. There was a time in my life when I went to a lot of meetings. Some of them have babysitting even. Some of them are okay if you bring kids and just let them play with something, you know, in the next room. And um, there are people who will help you there. And it's a path of recovery that you can follow. You can also do the daily practice with me. And that's a free course. It's down in the description section below. And it's a way that you can just start to release discharge and process and move downstream all the fearful resentful thoughts that are just hanging out in your mind because of everything you went through because you're human also and move it aside so that there's room for you to have a new idea there's room for you to release what Mm -hmm. is stressful and painful for you and rise up to something new it's a daily practice we do it together in the membership program you know perhaps you'll decide to check that out one of these days at least do the daily practice come to our free calls, I do a free Zoom call every couple of weeks. And um, we do the practice together. There's like two, 300 people on these calls sometimes. And people raise their hands and I take questions about the daily practice and we are together on this. And there's a chat and, you know, we form community here around healing, around a better idea of how we can live our lives no matter what happened in the past, no matter what decisions we made that we're not happy with anymore, we can make new decisions and we're here and we're behind you all the way.